How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. We appreciate your support. You can find our children's stories, exclusive tutorials, live Q&As, and more benefits on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren or by visiting our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. Welcome, dear listeners. Today's podcast is about the grain of wheat. And I would like to start us out with a song that you might remember from your childhood. Oats and beans and barley grow, oats and beans and barley grow. Do you or I or anyone know how oats and beans and barley grow? I invite you to join me today and we will explore how to tell stories to children around the grain of wheat. And in it, we will learn to explore the value of food that nourishes us. Farmers are getting ready to grow oats and beans and barley and wheat. And gardeners are starting now to plant their little seed tomatoes inside. And visit, they're connecting to the food that we will harvest in the fall. If you can see the world in a grain of sand, what can you see in a grain of wheat? How can we bring the wheatgrass field into our home and connect to the farmers? I will give you instructions on how to grow wheatgrass with young children and give you story examples while we are doing the activity. Please visit our website at www.howtotellstoriestochildren.com slash podcast for the activities and more information. Feel free to scroll down to the end if you would like to just hear the story. Every spring I sang the song in my kindergarten to the children. Mother Earth, Mother Earth, take our seed and give it birth. And I would introduce a little tiny grain of wheat, a wheat berry, that I had purchased at the local health food store from the bulk section. Every child got to hold one single grain in their hand. And then I would say, let us pretend this is a little baby and let's sing to it. So we would hold it and we would sing. Mothers, mothers, take our seed and give it birth. Holding a single grain is an unusual experience in a world of abundance. Well, this little seed baby is thirsty. Let's give it some water. It would actually like to swim in the water, just like you did when you were in your mama's belly. Now each child gets a small bowl and gets to put the seed in the bowl and fill it with lukewarm water. 
Now, this little grain baby does not want to be alone. It wants to live in a community. So I give every child a handful of grains to add to the one single grain. Now, these grains soak and dream of growing for one day and one night. Tomorrow, we will drain the water and get them slowly used to the air. Put a blanket on them so that they can start sprouting. We find a special warm place by the windowsill and put perhaps a guardian animal or a doll next to the grain babies. This way of introduction helps children to look at food as something that is alive. And this aliveness will later nourish our children and help them to grow into strong, healthy human beings. The disconnect from life food, such as vegetables and grains, and meats comes often from the lack of understanding that we have actually created in the way we live in our modern lives, at least many of us. Where does the milk come from? What all goes into growing a grain of wheat to have the bread? While we have an abundance of variety in our grocery stores, many of us have forgotten that strawberries only grow in the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. We can have everything all the times. Why are so many children adverse to greens and want to eat processed foods? Is there a way we can awaken the interest in the child and therefore help them to be excited about that real carrot or taste the taste of that green grass that is sprouting out of this grain of wheat? I have witnessed three to six-year-olds starting to nibble on the wheat grass as it stood on our spring table. They pretended to be rabbits, and every child stood in awe of their own pot of grass that sprouted and grew. Children who would prefer packed foods started to eat wheat grass and developed a taste for it. Parents would often ask me, how did you get my child to eat vegetables, Silke? It was simple. I had to help to reconnect the children to the simplicity and magic of growing their own wheatgrass. It is truly an empowering experience, and I invite you to try it for yourself and see what happens. It takes about three days for the baby's to seeds to sprout. After you soak them fully for the first 24 hours, you drain off the water, cover them with a blanket or a paper towel, and rinse them once or twice a day. On the fourth day, we get a clay pot and fill it with potting soil. And now we put the seed babies into their bed and spread them out evenly, covering all the beautiful dark earth. Gently, we take a handful of dirt or potting soil and sprinkle it like a blanket over the seed babies. Water them very lightly and let them rest. All babies, including seed babies, like to be sung to. You can sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star or any lullaby. All of these steps help the children to view these growing seeds as living beings. Every day when we water our little seed babies and see how the green shoots slowly push through the light blanket of earth, reaching for the sun, it is so exciting. 
if you live in a very sunny place, you want to still protect them with a blanket to ensure that they don't grow too quickly. Once most seeds pushed through, after about six days, you can take the blanket off and let the grass grow. It takes about 14 days to have strong, vibrant grass. You can eat it and even put it in the blender for wheatgrass juice. I always grew it for the Easter baskets and later planted it outside. What stories can we share with that grass on our table? Stories of farmers, rabbits, perhaps plant fairies? Let's explore a bit. What is the interest of your child? What is your own relationship to food and gardening and farming? Is it intimidating or are you such a great gardener that it all comes natural to you? Perhaps this whole idea is something you never had to think about. I myself grew up on a farm and in my childhood I never had to eat store-bought food. From milk to cheese, vegetables, fruit and meat, we had everything. My mother was a wizard in the garden. But to me, as a child, it was something that I had a hard time relating to. I needed a story, and yet my mother had no time for stories. I looked for the fairies myself and started to make flower crowns instead of growing food. Later in my life, I moved into the desert and told myself, well, my mother knows how to grow food. I don't know how. Growing wheatgrass with children in the kindergarten came naturally to me, and it restored in myself something that was lost in the no-time zone. Of course, I know how to grow grain, and therefore food. And every time I told the story to the children, it actually strengthened me as an adult and helped me to understand that there is something that I just know it. It's it's magical, and I got to experience something that I was lacking in my childhood. And so in telling the stories to the children, I would say I also healed myself. And I, yeah, I wish for everybody to be able to have that experience. So during this planting, we can also come into relationship with the water, and we might have a story of the water fairies that want to visit the plant children and make sure they are receiving enough liquid. The sun fairies look through the window and call on the seed babies to grow. And the wind fairies say, come on and grow. We will blow on you and make you strong. Because you know, children, the wind makes sure that our plants have strong roots. And since we are growing wheatgrass inside, you might need to be the wind and blow on the seedling every day. Now I invite you to look at yourself and your child. What sparks your interest? And also the interest of your child. How does a grain of wheat relate to your life? Perhaps you have to eat gluten-free, and yet you could eat the wheatgrass. Or perhaps sprouts and barley or oats. Do you eat bread? Drink beer? Where is the wheat living in your diet? it can become a true treasure hunt. Sometimes it helps using a stuffed animal or a doll to participate in the planting and the telling of the story. If storytelling does not come naturally to you, the doll can tell the story for you. It is like using a puppet. Just like the grain of wheat becomes a seed baby, your doll can become the plant fairy 
and watch over the seed babies at night while you're asleep. All of these images awaken the imagination of the young child and the world becomes magical and exciting. It brings forth a motivation to engage in life. Some of you might remember the story of Popeye the sailor who grew strong on the spinach that he ate. Well, imagine the power of that little grain of wheat, the power of green in the grass that makes rabbits outrun the fox. What kind of power will we get from eating a blade of green wheat grass? I wonder, I wonder. As a storyteller, I don't have the answer. I explore with the children and they always have great ideas that go beyond my own imagination. Let's say a child response is, my wheatgrass gives me the superpower to build the tallest tower. Then the eating of the grass can lead into an activity of building. It is really amazing to see flow, movement, and excitement built once we open ourselves to receiving these superpowers. I invite you to create, explore, eat your story, digest it, come into movement, feel alive, and become part of that true life movement that wants us to grow just like the seed babies. And also remember that as you watch the seed babies grow, your stories can also grow with them. So I will tell you a story, and you can find it on our www.howtotellstoriestochildren.com slash podcast. And I am just so excited for you and feel this power of community as we are all growing our wheatgrass. All right. Thank you, dear listeners. Mira and the Golden Wheatberry There was once a little girl named Mira. She lived in a big city, surrounded by houses and stores. Here and there you could see a tree planted by the city. You could also see small gardens outside of the first-story buildings. But she herself lived up high on the eighth floor. Mama was working in the grocery store. She was a cashier. Mama was very good with numbers, and little Mira was very proud of her. Daddy worked on construction. He built the tallest buildings you could only imagine, and he always laughed and said, I'm not afraid of heights. Mira was proud of her daddy too. But there was something inside of her that brought her a little bit sadness. And she did not share that with her parents, for she did not want to trouble them. She did miss her grandmother. Grandmother lived on a farm quite a few hours away, and during the time of pandemic, Mother said we can't visit the farm anymore. It's too dangerous right now. Oh, but I would like to visit Grandma and go with her into the garden. Well, it's not a good time, said Mama. And I'm glad I'm not working on the fields right now. I'm glad I can be in the grocery store. It was hard work growing up on the farm. 
I had to work so hard as a child. Mira had heard many stories from her mother how hard she had to work when she was a little girl. For Mira, being on the farm and in the garden with grandmother was joyful, but she only visited her once a year in the summertime when grandma had an abundance of things to share and all of a sudden she remembered. Grandma had made a pouch for her, a small little seed pouch. She had sewn out of fabric and she put in it some grains of wheat. And when she had given it to little Mira, she said, Mira, remember, you know how to grow the wheat, just like your grandmother and your great-grandmother before you. And even in the city, the little wheat berries can grow. If you ever miss me terribly, just get yourself a little pot with soil and put the wheat berries in it. It so happened that on this day, little Mira had cleaned up her room and was thinking about grandmother and had found a little seed pouch with the wheat berries. Oh, Mommy, look what I found. I found the little pouch with the wheat berries. Oh, said Mama, it must be Grandma thinking about you. Yes, I want to plant them, please. Oh, said Mama, I have no time to help you. If you want to plant them, you have to figure it out yourself. I have to go. I'm working a night shift tonight. Perhaps Daddy can help you. Little Mira went to Daddy who was very tired, for he had worked on the construction all day long. He wanted to lay on the couch and did not feel like getting up. And Mira had no brothers or sisters. So she said, Oh, Daddy, please, can I just go downstairs and go outside the house and get some soil from the tree that's near the entrance? You may go, said Dad, but come right back. So little Mira took the little yogurt container and she went all down the stairs, all eight flights of stairs, as quick as she could, thinking about her grandmother, and her heart was happy. She came outside the door and found the tree, and she knew that the tree had some dirt in it, and she scooped up a yogurt cup full of dirt. That's great, she said. Now I have a bed for my little seed babies. And she went back inside and carefully walked with her cup full of dirt up the eight flights of the stairs. Daddy had fallen asleep. Mama had gone to her night shift. Little Mira had decided to get the seed babies out of the pouch and count them. One, two, three, four. <gasps> Fifty-three seed babies. Oh, that's a lot of seed babies, she thought. Ah, I wonder what I should do. Hmm. All of a sudden, she heard the sound of the water from the sink. Water, water, water me. And she looked and saw a little water fairy by the sink. Yes, I remember Grandma always said you gotta sprout the seeds, soak them in water overnight. I remember, little water fairies. Thank you for reminding me. 
Mira got herself a little bowl, put in the wheat berries, and covered it all the way with water. Then she put it next to her bed and said, Okay, seed babies, we gotta go to sleep now. She woke up daddy and said, I'm going to sleep too. I have the seed babies. I'll watch over them tonight. Dad was so tired that he couldn't quite hear what little Mira was saying. He thanked her for waking him up. And Mira went to bed that night, singing a little lullaby to her seed babies, the one that Grandma used to sing when she spent the night over at the farm. Hushabye, don't you cry. Go to sleep, my little babies. So in the morning, little Mira woke up. First thing she did, she looked at her bowl with the seed babies in it. All right, I have to drain the water so my little seed babies can start sprouting. Quickly she went and drained the water out into one of the plants that were in the living room. Mama had come home from the night shift and made breakfast. Here, little Mira, come eat. I have to rest now for a while. I had the night shift. I need to sleep. I know, Mama. You go sleep. I'm not alone. I have my seed babies. Mama smiled. Sometimes she wished she could have raised her little Mira on the farm, but they had moved into the big city, and her life was so different from her own life when she was a child. She was glad that little Mira had a connection to the seeds. And she was grateful to her mother, who had given the seed pouch to little Mira. After all, she missed her mother, and she wanted little Mira to soon see Grandma again. So little Mira had drained all the water out, and then she got all of her dolls and said, Dollies, come, see my seed babies, they're going to grow. There will be enough babies for everyone to tend to. The little seed babies started to sprout. That night, little Mira rinsed them once more. And in the morning, the next day, the sun shone through her window. It was a sunny day. And Mira said, yes, the sun fairies have come to greet my babies. Babies, wake up, come and see, the sun is shining. Mira put the little bowl of wheat berries that had sprouted on the windowsill, and the sun truly shone through the window and touched the little wheat berries, and they started to sprout. Mira was so excited. She took a paper and started to draw a picture for her grandmother with a lot of flowers and a little girl that was so happy. So it happened a few more days that the little wheat berries grew and grew. And then little Mira said, Now we need to put you in your little bed. I brought some soil for you. I had it all along. You get to sleep on this beautiful little bed of soil. And then I'll put a little blanket over you because Grandma always said all the little seeds need to have a blanket. And I think you need to only have a thin blanket. She sprinkled a thin blanket over the sprouted seeds and she started to water them with her little hands, pretending that her hands were the flower fairies. Five fingers, five fairies sprinkling water on the little babies over the dirt blanket. 
Oh, I'm so happy, said little Mira, and she told her dolls, Oh, aren't you so happy? Soon our seed babies will grow. Oh, my goodness, Grandma will be so proud of me. The next morning, some of the seed babies already poked out little green shoots. Oh, look, said Mira, I am growing some grass. Isn't it exciting? That night, Mama didn't have a night shift, and she had time to sit with little Mira. They both sat and admired the grass, and when Daddy came home from construction, he said, Well, Mira, it looks like you have the gift of your grandmother. Maybe one day you will have a big garden just like her. Maybe, said Mira. I'm so happy that my grass is growing. Mama, can I grow another seed? You can grow other things, said Mama. And soon the pandemic will be over and we'll go to Grandma. And perhaps you can take your wheatgrass and you can plant it in her garden. And then Grandma can maybe grow a pumpkin for you. You could start a pumpkin seedling. It's a good time for that. Oh, that would be so wonderful, Mama. Could you bring me some pumpkin seeds from the store? I can, my little girl. Next time I go, I will find a package of pumpkin seeds for you. Oh, Mama, I'm so happy. And even we are in the middle of the city in the eighth story. Isn't it amazing that we can grow wheatgrass and that the water fairies can come through our sink and the sun fairies can shine through our windows? That's right, said Mama. And Daddy laughed and said, but what about the wind fairies? And he blew on the grass. Mira laughed. Oh, Daddy, you're so funny. I know you like the wind fairies, don't you? When you build those very tall houses and you stand up high, they sometimes come and they blow around you. And you always tell them, please don't blow me off. That's right. You got that right, my little girl. I work with the wind fairies. Mira was glad that she could share her joy and her love for her grandmother with her parents and that she could look forward to going to Grandma's garden soon again. And the water fairies, they started to drip, 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 and started singing a song. And little Mira heard it and she said, Mommy, Daddy, listen, the water fairies are singing. Drip, drip, drop. Little April showers beating a tune everywhere where they fall. Drip, drip, drop, little April showers. We are getting wet and we don't care at all. Drip, drop, drip, drop. We are getting wet and we don't care at all. Mama and Daddy laughed. They had such a beautiful girl that was such a great imagination. They really couldn't hear the song, but Mira did hear it, and she also knew Grandma was thinking about her. And her wheatgrass, it grew so beautifully, and so did her pumpkin seeds. And I hope your seeds will grow as well, dear children. And I hope your parents all can rejoice with your children in the beautiful experience of growing a little seed baby. Goodbye.
Vandal Fruits Meets Mira's Grandmother It happened that Randolph Roots had finished cleaning his mountain cave, just in time for Lady Spring to arrive. He knew it was time to go back down and make sure that he would get all the ingredients for his Easter bread from the village, for the animals would count on a special feast around Randolph's hut. Every year he baked and he hosted a wonderful gathering for all of his friends and neighbors. The birds, the four-leggeds, and everyone would just celebrate spring. And sometimes even Lady Spring made an appearance during the feast herself. He went down and got his little pack, and into the village he went. Now it so happened that on the outskirts of the village lived Mira's grandmother, who had a big farm. Her husband had died long ago, and all of her children had moved into the city. Oftentimes grandmother would say, well, my children just did not want to do all the hard work that you have to do when you're farming. And while she was quite old, she still enjoyed working the soil. She was quite strong. And Randolph enjoyed to sometimes come by and sit with her and smoke his little acorn pipe. He decided to look in on Grandmother. After all, she was getting old, and sometimes he was able to find helpers for her. Grandmother, he said, how are you? Oh, it's you, Randolph. Did you finish cleaning the mountain cave? I did. Are the wheat berries already sprouted? Indeed, they are. I'm growing wheatgrass right now for my Easter table. And I already planted the winter wheat, as you know. I do know, Grandmother. You always are aware of the right timing for every little seed and everything that grows. Have you heard from your little granddaughter, Mira? Oh, I haven't. We haven't gotten any mail of late, but I believe she found the wheat berries I gave her. She has the magic in her hands. She knows how to plant seeds. And perhaps growing up away from the farm will bring her back to the land. That might be, said Randolph. Well, I hope you get to see her this summertime. I hope so, too. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to take care of my seed babies. What do you need, Randolph? Well, I could use some flour to make my Easter bread. Perhaps you have some, then I won't have to go all the way to Bakerloo's bakery. I have plenty to share with you. Since I'm all alone, I always have extra in store, and I'll gladly share with you. What else do you need? Do you have some honey from your bees? I do. I'd gladly offer you a jar of honey. And give thanks to the bees from me, Randolph. I so enjoy the company of the bees. I know you do, Grandmother. They know you well. They love your beautiful flower garden and they love your apple trees, the blossoms. I know they can't wait until it's time to come out again. Yes, yes, all in its time, all in its time, Randolph. Grandma, tell me, 
the wheat berries. I wanted to sprout a few myself. Well, is that interesting? Have you never sprouted any wheat berries? Well, you believe it or not, I have never sprouted any wheat berries. What shall I do? Well, just soak them overnight in a little bowl. And then let them sprout. Thereafter, put them into a little pot of soil and cover them with a blanket. And then just water them every day a little bit and watch them grow. Make sure the sun fairies can kiss the little wheat berry babies. Oh, Grandma, you're so wise. I believe the sun fairies and the water fairies and the wind fairies, they all live around you. <laughs> Indeed they do, Randolph. You know, it would be too hard living all alone on a farm if you would not have the connection to all the fairies. Sometimes I should come and see if the story children want to visit you. Yes, they would be lovely. Perhaps they can come when my Mira is here, so she would have company with other children. She sometimes is a little lonely in the city. I know, said Randolph. Loneliness. It seems like it's something that people have to cope with, especially during the pandemic. That's right. And perhaps that loneliness serves the people to remember that also the seed babies and the plants can be good companions. There was a time of a pandemic when I was young and we had to also learn that the plants and the animals can be good companions. I believe it, said Randolph. You are so old that you've seen a lot. I am so old. But I'm happy, Randolph. I'm happy to see that the seed babies are sprouting. I'm glad to see the winter wheat growing. And I know that this springtime, if Jack Frost stays away long enough, there will be blossoms on the trees. And that means, you know what? Fruit in the summer and in the fall. Oh, and then I'm going to make an apricot pie for you. Oh, Grandma, you are the best. Randolph enjoyed the company of old grandmother. Once he had all he needed for his Easter bread, he bid her farewell. And as he left, he placed right next to her garden gate a crystal from the mountain. Because he knew that once he buried the crystal right next to her gate, she would always have a helper show up on her door to help her till the garden or cut the branches, stack the wood. Randolph just had his ways of helping people, his mysterious ways. Grandmother knew. When he left, he thought, that little gnome has blessed me all his life long. He's been here up in the mountains, aware of my presence. I'm so grateful to have all these magical beings around me. Just then the mailman came by. He brought a letter from little Mira. Grandmother sat on the bench and opened it. In it was a picture of a garden with many flowers. And underneath it said, Dear Grandma, you wouldn't believe what I did. I grew the wheat berries that you put in the pouch for me, and now I have my own pot of wheat grass, and perhaps I can plant it in your garden when I come to visit you next. I love you so much, and I miss you. 
grandmother smiled, and a little tear dropped out of her eye. She loved this little mirror, and she loved her daughter, and she loved the land, and she knew that the pandemic would be over soon, and that they would be able to visit again. And Lady Spring was on her way. She was wearing a beautiful green dress, and she had a primrose crown. And little tiny buds and twigs were clinging to her gown. By the time she came to Randolph, he had made his little bread. He had grown wheat grass, and all the little animals came scurrying by, insects and even Mama Skunk and the fox and the rabbits. And they had an incredible spring feast, and everybody admired Randolph's beautiful wheatgrass that he had grown for the very first time in his life. Isn't it funny that sometimes it takes for a long time to do something for the very first time? Perhaps you will grow your wheatgrass too this year. We'll see. Happy spring! Wait, I forgot something. I heard a sound and I wanted you to hear it too. Guess what it was? It was the water fairies dancing around the nearby spring. Did you hear them? Isn't it amazing? Spring is such a wonderful time. We are so blessed. Thanks for listening to the Storytelling Loop. I'm Joseph Saracy. I wrote a book called How to Tell Stories to Children. But you know what? I think you're a storyteller just like me. You have stories tumbling out of your ears and nose, stored in your belly, your heart, and in between toes. I hope you enjoyed listening to this story, but don't ever forget to tell your own. You gotta scrub those guys off now and again, otherwise you get all clogged up. It's like taking a bath. You gotta get those armpits behind the ears, the belly button. Story? What are you doing under there? Scrub, scrub. Scrub. Talk, talk, talk. You might start by retelling this story or acting it out. Maybe with new actions or details all your own. Or maybe there's a clear picture in your imagination and you'd like to draw it. Parents and friends often love to see these things. I do too. That's why I call my stories the storytelling loop. Sometimes when we hear a story, it makes us want to do something say something, or create something. This is how we bring imagination, wild, incredible imagination, into our very real lives. It's not make-believe at all. Usually, it's best to keep these things close to your heart, to treasure them as secret gifts to yourself and your loved ones. But sometimes, it's fun to share. We occasionally share artwork from children like you, and even adults on our Facebook page and website. If you'd like to share your inspiration with us, 
you can reach us at howtotellstoriestochildren.com or ask your mom and dad to reply to one of our emails. You'd be surprised how many other boys and girls have visions like you, like me. And remember, keep telling stories. I promise that by the time you're my age, you will be magnificent. You already are.